Jewish Money Matters, episode 243, Ask Yael. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show, another Ask Yael episode Friday. Erev Shabbat Mevarchim of the month of Nisan. Yes, this Shabbat, we bless the month of Nisan, which, you know, you probably know what that means, right? Passover is almost here. <clears throat> I'm excited. I don't know. People don't get excited because the whole cleaning thing. But I don't know. I've learned over the years to delegate and also not to get too hung up on it. So um, I have started. My house is pretty much clean. I've ordered pretty much everything that I need. There's still a few more things that I need to order, but I'm going out of town next week. So, you know, whatever needs to happen will happen after I come back. And hopefully everyone will abide by the no chametz, no chametz zone rules around here in this household, especially while I'm gone. And speaking of Pesach, of Passover, there's an awesome free online series going on right now called Power Up for Pesach. And it's designed by Jewish women for Jewish women to get us all geared up mentally and physically for the holiday. And the workshops are super awesome, so diverse, so informative. You have everything from um, health, nutrition, budgeting, planning for your business, money. Many of these workshops are being led by some of my colleagues, many of my former guests as well. You can check out the details at powerupforpesach.com and register for free so you can get access to all of the sessions. I think it's over 20 sessions over the next two weeks. The program just started this week and it was awesome. Like I said, super diverse sessions. You can check out and attend any of the sessions that you like. There are awesome giveaways also given out daily. So there is a really nice, fun component. Plus, you know, you're learning and you're getting geared up and you're getting mentally ready and you're getting like the tools to, you know, manage all the things. I will actually be running a session on Sunday, April 3rd at 1 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So hopefully I will see you there. That's PowerUpForPesach.com. This past Monday on the show, a great episode on financial adulting with Ashley Feinstein Gersley, a friend of the show. She's been here before. Definitely catch that if you haven't yet. We talk about adulting financially. <laughs> what, what does that mean? We talk about the wealth and income gap and a lot more. Definitely check that out. And a shout out to the hosts of the Deep Meaningful Conversations podcast who had me on the show this week. Definitely, definitely worth checking out that conversation on money and Judaism. It's always interesting to be on the other side of the mic, and um, I definitely enjoy it. So thank you for having me, and everybody, just wherever you're listening to that po this podcast, check out Deep Meaningful Conversations for that episode. I really think you're going to enjoy it. It was definitely a deep conversation. Before we head to our questions for the week, let's um, go over to the Apple podcast uh, and uh, pick a reviewer of the week. So we have a review from March 10th from Jan Frainer. Oh, okay. Well, that's her uh, alias, I guess. Um, her real name is Chaya. And she says, really fascinating podcast. Thank you, Yael. I find it so beautiful and empowering. Well, that's great. I'm so happy. I'm happy it's empowering and I'm happy it's uh, beautiful. So Chaya, be in touch with me. 
uh, or Jan Frayner, <laughs> it's your alias, be in touch with me and I'll send you a link for us to connect. As you may know, listeners, every Friday um, at the Ask Yale episode, I pick a reviewer of the week and I award them a 20-minute money session. So be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All right, so here's what we got today. Um, there's a question from Carolyn. What do you think about investing in commodities? Hmm, that's a new one for me. So I'll tell you the truth. I'm not an expert in commodities by any means, and I don't intend on becoming one, <laughs> um, which I think is a good philosophy for, most, for all of us to follow. If you're not passionate about it and you don't have the time and the energy and the extra money to do that. So I will say that they are an alternative investment. It's something that we would add to our portfolios if we have extra play money and if we have all of our other bases covered and we understand these markets. Most commodities are traded through something called futures contract, um, which is like a promise to buy or sell a certain amount of the commodity at a, spe a specific price, like a specified price and a certain date. So really trading commodities entails futures, entails derivatives and options. In other words, it's quite sophisticated. <laughs> it's the stuff that I left in school. Like I, I learned it in school and I never learned again. I don't want to learn it again. I don't want to do it again. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's a whole animal unto itself. And I always say, don't invest in something that you don't understand. So again, if you want to get into these markets and understand them, and you have the time and the money because you're diversified elsewhere, by all means. So it's true that, you know, buying commodities like you know, metals, gold, silver, platinum, other precious metals is sometimes touted as a way to hedge the risk of more traditional investments like individual stocks, let's say. Um, but here we don't in this in this podcast, we also don't advocate in, in, in investing all your money in an individual stock or a handful of individual stocks. So um, just note that the prices of these metals can be extremely unpredictable, they can be volatile, and the level of sophistication to um, to really gain from these markets is high. Like I said, we're dealing with um, futures and contracts and derivatives and options and all this, all these things. And by the way, there are there are plenty of other commodities out there. But again, you know, just so you know, trading in commodities and futures is very specialized and is something that I wouldn't focus on unless, like I said, you had all your other bases covered and you wanted to really play with something new. That's not me personally. It's really not a DIY thing. And it's certainly something that I suggest one discuss with a fiduciary financial advisor as to how and when it can fit into your portfolio of assets. So that's the last thing I'll say about that. It's not something that I would DIY and I would definitely consult with a professional who knows my circumstance and knows my risk tolerance and knows my goals and knows how I'm diversified, how I'm invested, et cetera, et cetera. And I would ask them to see if that is something that would benefit me. All right. What do you think about crypto investing? Similar question. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a similar question. It has a similar answer, um, at least from my perspective. And this one came from anonymous crypto. Okay. Similar answer. Speculative investment. It therefore carries a lot of risk. Again, you have to understand what you're getting into. You have to understand what is your risk tolerance. And you have to be sure that you're diversified. And if you're throwing all of your extra money into crypto, and that is the majority of your investment assets, you're really just gambling. If you want to put 5% of your assets in crypto, understanding the risk involved, again, because it's your 
quote unquote, play money, and you've got all of the rest of your money diversified in stocks and bond indexes and some real estate and obviously some cash, then okay. But this shouldn't be your main investment strategy because you could lose your pants, uh, literally. Again, you can make a lot of money with speculative investments, but you have to be okay with the amount of money that you can also lose. Therefore, you don't bet at all. You don't take and you don't make this your investment strategy, right? Um, when it comes to crypto, I prefer a more indirect approach where I can see if some of my ETFs, my exchange-traded funds that I invest my money in, um, are invested in companies that are investing themselves in the blockchain technology. So, you know, kind of indirectly getting involved in that sense, because I'm a little lazy and I, <laughs> I don't want to spend time. Again, if you want to play with this um, and dedicate some time and extra cash that you have to get in into it, you know, that's a different approach. I don't personally um but and also, I'm at a different stage of my life, you know, perhaps this listener is younger, has no dependents, is already doing all the more, quote unquote, boring, more traditional, responsible things like saving for a rainy day or opportunity and diversifying your investments. And, you know, if that's you, maybe there is a little bit of a portion that you want to um, look into um, playing with that, but I would say also learning before you get involved. Okay, so that is my take on crypto. A lot of risk, not necessarily for me, and definitely not for the average person unless you know what you're doing. You talk about robo advisors a lot of the show. I live abroad. This question actually came twice one from someone who lives in Europe and one from someone who lives in Israel. So I'm just going to condense it into one and because the answer is basically the same. So yes, if you aren't a US citizen, you won't have access to investment platforms, um, robo-advisors, or even online brokers like robo-advisor like Betterment or a, or a Vanguard, which is more of an online broker slash robo-advisor. They have both. Um, or Wealthfront, robo-advisor, or, or even of the big online brokers, uh, except I think maybe, maybe Charles Schwab, you might be able to, I'm not 100% sure. Actually, no, I think you have to be American living abroad. I'm not sure. Um, so don't quote me on that. But I will tell you about one platform that I do know about um, that people abroad use non-US citizens and um, uh, my students have used it. So and that is interactive brokers. It'll give you access to similar ETFs like we get access to low cost um, US stock market ETFs and, and you know, all the rest global as well. And it'll also give you a really good exchange rate, again, at very low fees, um, like any of these other robo advisors that we've mentioned on the show before. Um, it works very similar. It might be a little bit more daunting, the platform itself, because it's also made for traders and professionals. So it's not just made for the end consumer. Um, so it it might take a little bit of navigating to get familiar with it. So I'll just I'll just give that caveat. It's not as user friendly. I I have found several tutorials on YouTube that I actually really like on how to invest in ETFs inside Interactive Brokers. So I would just Google it like that: how to invest ETFs inside Interactive Brokers. And I think with that, um, if I were to do it, I would be pretty set. Um, 
Because then, you know, these platforms, you just need a little bit of, there's the very uh, low learning curve, but there's a little bit of one. So I would do that. Most, like I said, most of my students who live abroad used interactive brokers and most of the professionals in the industry who I know abroad, I've asked this question numerous times because I have international students. This is what they recommend. This is what they use for their clients as well. So I would definitely check that out. If you're in Israel and you're American, note that you can use that to invest with Israeli shekels. And you can also still have your Vanguard or your other accounts in the States investing your dollars. If you have dollars, Um, there are some tax implications. Most of them actually, I think to your favor, if you're within 10 years of having moved to Israel. So um, we'll definitely have an episode on all that. Please God, pretty soon planning that. But yeah, the short to your question is, it sounds to me like interactive brokers is the way to go. And thank you for the questions because we hadn't really touched upon that very much before. Um, last question. My husband is nervous about inflation. I'm also seeing the cost, the cost of everything go up. What are your suggestions? Okay, so... Indeed, we are at 7.87% inflation rate, I think, and it's expected to go up more past the 8% mark. Um, So yeah, the cost of living has increased and you're feeling it. Everybody's feeling it. It is the highest it's been since the 1980s. Um, The first thing to address here is the nervousness, right? There's nothing to worry about. This might be quote unquote real. But what's even more real is that we have a God who, believe it or not, is the one controlling inflation. (laughs) So let's not lose sight of that. The inflation doesn't come from the economic policy or the government or the stimulus package or whatever else (laughs) we might read about in the news. Any of those so-called causes of inflation are natural means. They are the alibi to cover up for God who's really creating all this. And by the way, just a side note suggestion, it's probably a good idea not to um, watch the news a lot, especially with every, I don't know, I just find that uh, it's just better for my peace of mind. That's a personal preference. I don't watch the news. I I, I am in touch with what's going on in the world, obviously. um, And I get that a little bit, most of it from my social media, but I definitely um, try to control that. But let's go back to the question. So what do I do about the fact that God sent this challenge. Number, now that I understand, okay, now I got the perspective. So what do I do? Because we have to do. Number one, don't worry and strengthen my trust in God that he sent it for my good and that he will make sure it's all good for me in a revealed way. And I'll make a shameless plug here for my class on developing trust. Every Tuesday night, we are learning the gate of trust. We're right now on chapter number four. Um, that class is open for free for all the ladies. You can come on Tuesday nights. That's at westchabad.org forward slash live class, or you can catch all of the replays in my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Yael Trush. So that's a plug for my class. If you'd like to learn this um, text, the gate of trust, and I might continue with other texts on trust and bitachon, because as I always say, this is fundamental to Jewish money matters, period, okay, to the Jewish financial paradigm. Now, having said that, what else can we do? And we should do, by the way, we are required to always take responsible action. But again, without the worry, right, with the, with the perspective that we just spoke about. So number one, not to worry, strengthen our trust. Number two, look at our expenses. How do we spend, right? This is a great time, 
when this challenge has arise, okay, so let's look at our budget. It's a great time to look at any money leaks. We've talked about money leaks, I think, on the show, right? Those things that, oh, I have a subscription here, a subscription there, or my kids subscribe to all these things and nobody's using it, or I, I don't really think it's important for our family, right? It really is a great time to look at all that stuff. It's a great time to use more cash and way less credit cards. So we're more in touch with how we're spending. Definitely not a time to charge things that we really can't afford out of our income. Not that it ever was, but it, it definitely is a great opportunity to perhaps do things that we've been postponing, like a bit of financial adulting, if you will. Check out Monday's episode for more on that. Number three, it's a great time to look at different ways to make more money. And you know, this is a whole topic onto itself, and we've covered it um, several times on the show. Sometimes we've been sitting on an idea for a side hustle or for a new business like way too long. We're totally overthinking it. So Let's take the plunge. This is a great time to take the plunge without overthinking it or overcomplicating it. Test the idea, test the offer. Most often, again, we are overcomplicating things and we feel like it has to be perfect from the beginning and that that and we need to invest a lot of money to get it right. That is just so not true. We've talked about this a lot on the show. Additionally, if you and or your husband are employed in the traditional sense of the word, it is a great time to negotiate for a raise um, and or for additional benefits, which might reduce your cost of living, like um, cutting down on your commute and your gas expense, for example, and there might be many others. So get a little creative, you know, like, I mean, if, if you can negotiate more working from home time, maybe that, you know, at this point, most companies are being very flexible about all these th- things. And remember, in general, we are at a quote unquote employees market. Um, it is it is a great time for employees to negotiate this the whole great resignation that's gone on going on right or or reshuffling that's happening. It's good for you. It's good for us. So be proactive and negotiate. We've talked about how to approach negotiations on the show before. Number four, the last thing I will say about this um, or the last suggestion is that. You know, these times are a reminder that we should always be diversified and not keep our all of our money in cash. So if you haven't started investing, this would be a good reminder of how important it is to be invested in a diversified portfolio that would grow over the long term, whether it be in your tax, um, in your retirement accounts that offer you tax benefits or in a traditional brokerage um, taxable account. We've done many episodes on that. So I'm referring you to that, but otherwise send me any follow-up questions. But definitely, I just wanted to make sure that we got that reminder in as well. So hopefully that is helpful. And that is a wrap, ladies. Please be sure to send in any follow-up questions. Thank you so much for the questions. And next week, Friday, we won't have an Axial episode because I'll be out (laughs) this coming week, as I said. But Monday's episode is one for the books. We're talking with um, a hostage negotiator and uh, uh, the author of uh, a real-life thriller uh, called Proof of Life. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Keeps and uh, so I'll leave you. I'll leave you in suspense. Actually, <laughs> keep sending in those questions, and I will tackle them the following week. Thank you, Chaya, for the review. Thank you, everyone else, and we will continue to pick a reviewer of the week. So send those reviews in as well. Send in those questions so I can have them ready for you the following week. Have a Shabbat Shalom. And remember, your Jewish money matters.